Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sagittarius uh, season. Sagittarius? Sagittarius? Fucking A. I hate my fucking Zodiac shit. I hate it. I hate it. It's just all this vague shit. All right. Sagittarius season. All right. Welcome to... <laughs> oh, you're not cutting that. Welcome to episode, <laughs> season two, episode 17 of Brews and Bruins, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Kaylee Allard of Bruins Diehards, sponsored by Save More Spirits and DraftKings. What's up, guys? We got to read? Uh, yeah, I just got. I was, yeah, got this episode is sponsored by <laughs> DraftKings. <laughs> The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, 55, and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? (laughs) Hot start here. I'm just gonna leave. You're not the first person who's been confused. Like, no, I just muted all of you so I can do this. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll have a free instant prize of up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score first, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now, use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize of up to $25,000 just for playing, so use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily sponsor, official daily fantasy partner, Super Bowl 55, terms and conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Wow. Beautiful. That's beautifully done. Drew, Drew, what you should have done when you messed it up the first time is just gone straight to the uh, the Quack Report one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I take it away <laughs> all right cam you gotta read for us i do this episode of brews and bruins is sponsored by save more spirits check them out for all of your beer wine and liquor needs they have all of the macro brews as well as a healthy offering of local beers and craft beers from all over you can find the locations in somerville medford cambridge and malden if you want to learn more just check out savemorespirits.com that is save without an e more also without an e and then just spirits the normal way, all one word. You can also check out online ordering at Minibar and at Drizzly. Drizzly coming with free delivery with the promo code Brews and Bruins. No ampers or no spaces rather, and an ampersand in there. Brews and Bruins, not Bruce and Bruins, just Brews and Bruins. Nice can, absolutely nailing it. We're all so right. good at advertising. You should definitely consider advertising with us. I am Chris. I'm here with my regular co-hosts, Drew and Cam, and also joining us, we have Kaylee Allard, uh, as mentioned in the intro, because uh, she now owns part of our podcast due to uh, naming rights of the third line and possibly the part of the fourth line uh, of the Bruins. (laughs) Kaylee, how are you doing? I'm great. I mean, I'm basically your creative director now, so I'm glad to be on the payroll. (laughs) Yeah. Did, uh, did we, you guys discuss the name of the third line on here yet? I don't 
think so. I think we like loosely mentioned it. Maybe alluded to it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If we did, we shouted you out. And if we, I think we maybe mentioned the fourth line. My kid's table. When we talked to Lauren, we we mentioned the fourth line. Oh, okay. I like Um, that you're not confident that we mentioned the third line, but you are confident that if we had mentioned it, that she got a shout out. Like, I I don't know who was mentioned, but you definitely got a shout out if we did. I I know what kind of people we are, Cam. That's fair. How could you forget me? How could you forget me? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) All right. Well, we're coming off. uh, We're We're coming in hot off of the. Bruins 5-3 victory over the Washington Capitals. Five unanswered goals. I mean, we're all kind of buzzing right now. Uh, I guess initial thoughts. Uh, well, let's let's start with beers, I guess. Uh, I don't want to skip our, our trademark. Uh, Drew, starting with you. <clears throat> well, I got a Sagittarius re- uh, season. Sagittarius? Sagittarius? Fucking A. I hate my fucking Zodiac shit. I hate it. I hate it. It's just all this vague shit. All right. Sagittarius season from uh from the uh fucking what's their name? Oh yeah, night shift. Oh, this is from night shift. Nice. But yeah, some cool art on that, you know, because it's the Sagittarius. Yeah. Okay, so drinkability and tasteability and all that. <laughs> ah, you can drink it. It's an IPA with spruce tips, so you can taste that. The spruce tips, whatever those are, I'm sure you can taste them. So drinkability, 20. Uh, tasteability, uh, 28. Nice. Sure. Cam, what you got? All right, I'm drinking a uh, Overhop Brewing Company Cripster Sour Juicy IPA. Now, I saw this at the store, and I saw sour and IPA in the same thing. I'll see, I need to pick this up because I didn't know that was a combo that exists. So here it is. It does exist. Um, I don't think I've ever had anything from Overhop. Apparently, it's in Brewer, Maine, which I'm told is near Bangor, apparently. So let's give it a go here. Definitely not what you would think of as an IPA. On the sour side, pretty sweet. Um, definitely not overly powerful. Uh, only 4.5%, so not very aggressive for an IPA. Drinkability. Uh, pretty sour so i would give it like a 15 not not bad for an ipa obviously but still pretty sour taste you can taste the absolute shit out of this much <laughs> I like i want to it's one way to say that <laughs> much, much like uh tom wilson was tasting the knuckles of trent fred eric today uh <laughs> i'm gonna give it about a, a, a 30 a 36 36 on the taste scale wow. Very all right kaylee what uh what you got so I'm super basic. I drank this last time. It's a truly, except this time it's the lemonade. Last right. time wasn't a lemonade, so the I threw you for a curveball. Smash. <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> it's the mango lemonade one, which actually I like. This one's not my favorite. I like the strawberry lemonade, but this one's very tropical, so I feel like I'm on summer vacation. But 10 out of 10 on all scales because I love these things. And there's only one gram of sugar, even though they taste sweet. So they don't leave you feeling nasty after. So and this episode also sponsored by Truly. Uh, <laughs> right. Creative I, director. I have here a McKellar San Diego run this town German style Pilsner. Um, it has a pretty, these, these McKellar beers have like really good art on them. Um, it's, uh, I mean, let's start with the drinkability because that's off the charts. It's, uh, it's 90 calories. It's under 4% alcohol. You could pound these all day. Um, uh, taste, you, you can't taste it much. You can taste that it's like, it's different than a regular Pilsner. I like that. It's definitely a little different. So we'll give it, you know, 37 drinkability and like seven taste. <clears throat> Nice. Um, one more thing before we wrap in the beer segment. I have this really cool glass I like from Austin uh, Beer Works or Austin Brewing Company or something in it's Austin, Texas. Is it beer? That's what I thought. Yep. Um, I don't know if we have any listeners in Texas. I haven't checked our map in a while, but if we do, somebody hit us up on Twitter and let us know if they got some good beer. I think we do. I think we do. So Texas Bruins people, let me let me know if they're worth – maybe I'll get some shipped up here or something, so – all right, should we get into it? No, I think I'm good. I'm going to peace out, guys. 
<laughs> All right. Well, so two two games set against the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals scored three goals before the Bruins scored any in the first game, and then the Bruins came back and scored three, sent it to overtime, and then the Bruins lost in overtime. Um, and then in this game, the Washington Capitals scored three goals before the Bruins scored any, and then they came back and scored five and made sure that the Caps didn't get any points out of that. Cam, thoughts? So, I don't know. I think the first comeback surprised me a lot more than the second one. I think, obviously, to have that happen in two games in a season, let alone back-to-back, let alone back-to-back against the same team is insane, and I'm sure we'll get to that a lot, but... I guess we'll start with that first game. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff kind of just – the Bruins always kind of just struggle against Capitals. It's just one of those teams, you know what I mean? It seems like it happens all the time. And so they go down 3 nothing, and you're like, oh, well, here we go again. Fucking Washington and Sting's a little extra because Char's on the other side now. So, but, yeah, I mean, to see them climb back into that first game, um, obviously you end up losing it pretty much right at the start of overtime, which is not ideal. I don't think the Bruins even touched the puck in OT. But that one kind of felt like, hey, we probably had no business – even tying this game to begin with. So I was kind of glass half full there for that first game. Second game, obviously going down three, nothing again, not something you want to see. I don't want to say I was optimistic at that point, but I would be lying if there wasn't that thought in the back of my head that was like, well, (laughs) who knows? They did it last, you know, they did it two days ago. And especially once that first, and especially once the second goal went in, I feel like they kind of knew I was like, this is, they're going to tie this thing up. And then, I don't know. I kind of had a feeling they were going to lose again after, you know, another overtime thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously to, to score that fourth goal and then get the empty netter at the end is, is definitely what we want to see. Uh, and, again, if you show me two two games <clears throat> where you're down 3 nothing and you tell me they take four out of six points out of those, I'm pretty fucking thrilled about it. So especially against a team like Washington that's looked really strong so far this season. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. <laughs> I thought I thought Chris was gonna call on someone. I thought this was. Well, I was gonna send it over to Kaylee, but I, I thought uh, I thought maybe you could jump in anyway. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it was it was good. <laughs> it sucked to see Chara score. That was like the one thing. That, well, I mean, I I didn't like being behind three to nothing in both of those games. That's that's an issue that you're gonna have to figure out. But it's good to feel good about coming back right now. Seeing Chara score. Like, like, good for him, and that's great. But it was just kind of like, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a little bit of a, like, uh, a little bit of salt in the wound. I don't know. But yeah, overall, really great to see. I mean, dominant. Once they're down three nothing, they just like suddenly like this flip switches. Like, and they're like, let's play some hockey. Let's try to win. Maybe like, I, I don't get it. But if you're playing out. against the Bruins, most dangerously in hockey, three <laughs> zero. Especially if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. So I thought it was going to be one of those nights. Well, it was one of those nights until the third period Bruins came out. But it started off with that weird-ass interference penalty on Kevin Miller, which was uh, – we we don't even know what that was. He, like, was getting out of the way and flung himself, and that was interference apparently. But at least they killed that penalty. And then right after that was when Chara scored. So I was like, should I just shut it off now? Um, so I was not feeling good, but, um, honestly, I think, I think pasta is destined to score tonight. Cause obviously tied for OV last year with the, uh, for the, um, rocket Richard. And I think like, he's just a machine. Like I knew he was once, once he breaks through that barrier, that's it. Like, I'm surprised he didn't get the Hattie. I was hoping Nick Ritchie would come through with a big tying or go-ahead goal, but we got Pasta tonight. So it just felt so good to beat them and have Pasta back and back in his element, even though things started off really rough. Like, that game left a really good taste in my mouth because Washington's one of the biggest threats to us this year, and they always are. So – Coming back, even though we lost last one, coming back twice in a row with the type of play that we had is super impressive, and I feel good. I feel really good right now. Yeah, especially in this weird schedule where Bruins are going to have to play against the Caps a bunch of other times, and uh, right now the Caps are they they had before they before tonight they hadn't lost in regulation yet. And so giving them a regulation loss when they were up three, especially huge in division, because giving them that extra point, if it had gone to overtime, I mean, that's that's stuff that can make a huge difference toward the end of the season. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
having that confidence going up against them the next few times, just knowing like, and it works both ways too. Like once you, if they get out to a lead again, next time they're playing or if it's in the playoffs or whatever, you kind of see like, Oh, three goal lead. And then the Bruins score one. And on the other side, they're going, Oh, here goes again. And the Bruins are going, Hey, we can fucking do this. Um, and, and I think that's, that's huge just to have seen it happen a couple of times. Yeah. Kayla, like you said, pasta he's back like it's it's great to see that he's he's 100 he's ready to go made a made a really great defensive play uh obviously scored the two goals had an assist in the first game yeah i think i think just having that top line back together got the erection line going it's great i I mean would love to see them not give up three goals uh immediately in the first couple periods but um, i mean it, it looked like halak was probably just not right at a certain point and got it back. So yeah, I'm, I'm overall pretty pleased and you always love to, you know, see some exciting games when you're uh, about to talk about them on a podcast. What really sucks is that Chara has three points in three games. I just want to point that out with, with how our defense has been, hasn't been horrible, but I'm just put going to put that out there for everyone. He's been on a roll. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy I- for him. I do think you're going to find a little bit more stability with the defense as we get along here. Um, obviously, we talked a lot about it with that first line, especially with the Bruins and how that was affecting uh, the rest of their their forward course there. But I think having Pasta knock back, obviously, now, like we said, and it, he really does look 100%. It wasn't like good to kind of have him back, but need some time. Like he stepped in, and it was Rocket Richard winner David Pasta knock right away, um, which is very promising. Um, but that should hopefully – stabilize the rest of the forwards there and then and eventually you know you'd hope to see a similar thing from the d but yeah just one more note of that comeback i think you know i don't want to start talking about the playoffs or anything like that too early but to me that this is you know something that you look back at later in the year when we're getting toward playoff time and obviously a lot can change by then but early on i think these last two games have been an indicator that this is a team that has more than what you're seeing at the service level um, and you know, you go down a game or two in a series, even or even just in a game that is you know more important than uh, even a condensed regular season game like we have tonight. Um, just an early indicator of hey, this team has some fight. They're not going to give up two goals and, and fall flat. You know, you can look back later in the year and say hey, they did it twice in a row against one of the best teams in the NHL. That's the type of fight you want out of a team later on in the season. So I think. Um, kind of one of those hurdles early on and a little bit of adversity that they fought through here could go a long way in, in shaping this team later on down the road. Yeah. And I don't want to fight. Trent oh, Frederick. Hell yeah. Uh, great to see that. That was bubbling. We, we knew Trent wanted to fight uh, Tom Wilson. And I, I appreciate, uh, I believe it was Cam calling it out on Twitter that Trent Fred, Eric fighting Tom Wilson is five yeah. first names. Yeah. So. I, I was going to look at Tom Wilson's middle name, but it just seemed like a lot of effort. <laughs> there might've been six in there. We'll call it five and change, but yeah, but I, I don't want to disagree with Kaylee too much. Cause I, I was calling for re-signing Chara and I, I, I'm not sure if that has changed or not, but I've definitely, gotten much more comfortable with guys like Jeremy Lozon and Jakob Zaboral playing heavy minutes, especially over the last few games, uh, showing a little bit of an offensive game. Uh, Lozon with an insane saucer pass to Craig Smith to set up that goal this game. Uh, and I think Zaboral's looked better and better as the season's gone on. I think uh, definitely a worthy third pairing defenseman. So, uh, and at a certain point, you got to let these guys play. So I'm not too mad about it. Yeah, yeah they're I'm, not going to get better if they don't play. Yeah, like I'm pretty comfortable with Lazan Zaboral still freaks me out a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just trust issues. Maybe I just need to see more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more from Zaboral before I'm fully like, okay, the job is yours. Um, Lazan, I'm pretty comfortable with their playing and – uh, well, he's been playing with McAvoy too, right? Because originally I thought he was just going to be uh, with Carlo or something, but they've actually trusted him with McAvoy, and he's looked good. He's yeah, shown he deserves time there at times at least. Uh, I really just overall, not even just these two games, but the season in general, the forecheck has been unbelievable. 
and they're actually getting turnovers in the offensive zone and in the neutral zone, which I think is something they were kind of lacking in the past, at least on a consistent basis. And I think that's that's worked wonders for them. I mean, if you look at those both of those comebacks, a significant number of the goals came off of turnovers in the neutral zone or at the Bruins blue line or, you know, not necessarily deep in the Bruins zone and they have to take it 200 feet. It's been in situations where the ice is shortened for them almost uh, due to those turnovers and that great forechecking. So I think that's been good too. Yeah. I mean, to, to your point, if you, if you're looking at any of the like expected goals charts or anything, the Bruins are just like all the way toward the top where they're not giving up many good opportunities or any, anything that would make you think that teams are going to ever score a lot of goals against them. And, um, so they might even have been getting unlucky in terms of giving up too many goals and, um, they're not scoring a lot and they're not, or at least prior to this game, haven't been scoring a ton and they haven't been getting a bunch of opportunities, but I think, you know, with Pasternak being back and, and everything that's, that's going to help. And I think the ceiling is super high for this team. What'd you guys think of Halak tonight? Did you think he had an off night, any of you, or do you think it was more our defense? Cause he seemed kind of slow, but I mean, uh, there were, yeah, he seemed a little bit off, but there is also like, I'm not blaming all three goals on him. I, there was one where literally five guys were like between him and the puck and it somehow <laughs> made it through. Um, so you can't blame him for stuff like that. The one that came right after that goal, I think it was the one that was right after it, I yeah. felt like, he should have had that one, even if it was kind of from close range a little bit. I just feel like he should have had it. So he seemed off, and they showed on Nesson before the game that like he like looked like he tweaked his shoulder, or his arm a little bit, and I didn't know at that. Yeah, looking he got at hit it, like directly in the chest, yeah, like with the a collarbone point. area, yeah. chest. So it, that's when I started worrying about that because before I was like, oh, he seems fine. I don't think it should worry about that. It's probably just like, oh, we need to show something cool to keep your attention. And then I was like, oh no, is that actually significant to that? Like actually fuck him up, but he bounced back. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like <clears throat> a little bit of a shaky start. I think I think it was the first goal that had that like weird deflection. Just one of those shots where it looks like it's coming in high, stick side, and then takes a weird bounce, and all of a sudden it's by your pad. Um, you can never blame a goalie for that sort of thing when he's trying to see through seven different guys and it's changing direction at that speed. Um, one immediately after, yeah, exactly. Um, some some tweeting, not even tweeting, sub shouting against the uh, the Raskaders as usual. Um, as always, I guess not really subbing it. Yeah, just kind of going directly after them because fuck them. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the second one a little shaky, but you know at the end of the day, it's like he gave up three goals. It's not a bad performance for a goalie necessarily. It's you know you'd like to see a little better most of the time, but um, all things considered, like. He went down 3-0. He held them in the game. He didn't just sit on his ass afterward and, and get, you know, smoked. Um, he held them and, and ultimately put them in position to win. Um, you know, obviously, you don't want to have to score four or five goals every game. But at the end of the day, he did pick up his game in the second half. And and when he was tested by the Cavs after that, he, he held up to it. So, um, you know, I don't want to, like, overvalue wins as a goalie because, again, it's kind of a stupid stat. But at the end of the day, he did keep them in a position to win today. So, especially with how he's played so far this season. I think I'm pretty happy with it so far. There's got to be a keep them in a position to win stat. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Expected games in position to win. Second half of the game shutout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I mean, yeah, it's well, it's goalie, especially if you are feeling some kind of injury, I think it can be really easy for that kind of thing to snowball. And you do see that happen even with – like top tier professional goalies, sometimes it's just not their night. One, two, three, go in, especially one that you feel like you should have had that can snowball. So for him to be able to still lock it down there after, um, especially those two goals in 11 seconds, you start to wonder like, all right, what's going on here, especially with the injury concerns Drew mentioned. It's really easy for that to escalate into something that turns into a really ugly game for the Bruins. So for him to be able to end up locking it down and, and at the end of the day, hold them in and give them a chance to come back, which they take advantage of, I'm pretty happy with it. And especially with Tuca being a little beat up, you don't want him having to come in if you give up three goals in 30 seconds or whatever and <laughs> uh, make him play on a night when he was supposed to be off. So, yeah. yeah. yeah that's that's going to have extra point. consequences. Yeah, that's a good point. We're really lucky to have him as our backup. Again, I don't think Bruins fans ever realize how lucky they are to – I mean, 
I can't remember the last time goaltending was actually an issue for the Bruins. So I'm all right with that. Well, if, was, you ask, if you ask a lot of people, it's been an issue for a long time. Ever it's been since an issue for a decade. Right? It was when Tuka <laughs> didn't have a backup for like yeah, four years. It was like Nicholas Svedger, <laughs> Svedberg in like Svedberg? 2015. Jonas, I forgot about him. Jonas Gustafsson. Yeah. Jonas, yeah. <laughs> wow, blast from the past. Mm. Um, so all right, so... We... Yeah, go ahead, Kaylee. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like hosting. Move, move, us, move us along, <laughs> host Kaylee. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you if we're doing our Nick Ritchie tweet. Yeah, he just wants to shit on Nick Ritchie. Yeah, I, that that's a, a good thing to move to. Well, gonna... well, before we do, I believe oh. the Hockey Podcast Network has something to say. And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes Podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammate, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Brayden Chan texted me, and then uh, the head coach, Craig Berube, reached out as well, and um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network <clears throat> to have a Hawaiian <clears throat> hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me... You played the game with a candle to your ear Never wanting to leave the ice when the pain set in So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. Listen to Blue Notes and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Wow, that was elaborate. Yeah, that's like giving me a lot of inspiration for what we're going to do with yeah. our ad. And I can't oh, wait yeah. to put our ad in our pod. <laughs> Just us hammering cupcakes. Like. Nothing against Franklin and Wags, but playing a, a blues ad on this podcast still feels like a personal attack. Yeah, it really <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I didn't, didn't feel great about that, but it was um, a great ad. I gave it to. But them. yeah, go listen to those guys if you're if you are a blues fan. I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you're. Or if you're fan, like a Bruins but... fan who just like likes feeling pain. I do know there is one person on Twitter who is both a blues and a Bruins fan. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember who that is, but I, I remember that exists. Um, all right, so. Here was here was our plan. Um, I, I was kind of hoping Nick Ritchie would, would score tonight so that we could continue the uh, you know effusive praise of, of Nick Ritchie, but um, he's been playing well. We're gonna admit that. Uh, don't mind seeing him on the ice anymore. Uh, he hasn't done anything super crazy in a while. Like he hasn't committed any wild penalties. So. We've been on our Nick Ritchie apology tour 2021. And uh, this phase of the apology tour is going to be uh, repentance where we read some of our old uh, Nick Ritchie tweets and apologize for them. Um, I'll, I'll start um, one of my, one of my first Nick Ritchie tweets. 
LMAO just realized Krejci fought because he saw Richie was on his line and was like, oh, damn, I'm a fourth liner now. (laughs) 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 We need a laugh track. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm adding a lot. Or actually, Cam, (laughs) that's your job. I'm not fucking editing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kaylee, do you want to go next? Because I think you're the only one who has as many as I do. (laughs) Yes, we'll we'll bounce off each other uh, like the Spider-Man meme. Okay, so... I'm going to read the dates, too, because it's just funny how times change. Um, On (laughs) August 12, 2020, I just wrote, if I were Nick Ritchie, I would simply give up on hockey. (laughs) Cam, what do you have? Uh, I don't have much. I really thought I was going to have more here. This is, I guess, for November of 2020. uh, Evan Marinovsky released a... I guess it looks like a Nesson poll or something uh, that Bruins fans in the New England Sports Survey overwhelmingly ranked Tuka Rask as the Bruins player who didn't meet expectations over the past year because, of course. And uh, I just tweeted, imagine thinking Nick Ritchie checked off more boxes than the goalie who is literally tied for the best regular season save percentage of all time, LMAO. Um, yeah. I, you don't you don't have to apologize for that one. <laughs> no, that's just no I, I stand by that statement. Um, but, yeah, Nick Ritchie, keep doing what you're doing, I guess. I don't I don't have any w- mean ones towards Richie. Actually, I have a lot of praise for Richie in my tweets, yeah, which is kind of weird. I, I did scroll through yours. Um, I, I think I found one that was like kind of On weird. On uh, February 24th, I wrote a poem. It was Nick Richie, Andre Kasha, I feel itchy, I'm on the case. And then I said, now remembering <laughs> his name isn't pronounced case. This is bothering me. Might delete later. And apparently I didn't delete it later. <laughs> All so right. There. If you want to go give it a like, I think Cam's the only one who liked it. it there you go. I got you. I got you buddy. All right. On August 5th, 2020, I wrote, at least Nick Ritchie is bad in a funny and destructive way. <laughs> sorry, Nick. Oh, yeah. I have to say sorry. Um, on August 29th, I wrote, Nick Ritchie looks like the senior in high school that goes after all the freshman girls. And I post a picture of his headshot. I'm sorry, that's, Nick. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> to be uh, fair, that hasn't changed. You just got better at hockey. So. Yeah, exactly. Still, sorry. Uh, do either of you guys have another tweet you'd like to read? Or should Kaylee and I just start bouncing back and forth now? Um, I had, this is actually a, a quote tweet of you when we were, we were suggesting our uh, our captains for if Zidane Char were to leave, and I had uh, John Moore wearing the C with Anton Bleed and Nick Ritchie wearing A's. So um, there's that one. By the way, Chris, you had Zach Ronaldo wearing the C with Jimmy Hayes and Matt Pileski wearing A's. <laughs> so that's also pretty well done. <laughs> Ready for that comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, are you uh, out? I got to uh, retire Ference's number, have Ritchie pull a Bork, and uh, switch to 12. And send that one up to the rafters in a decade or two. So I was actually talking about retiring Nick Ritchie's number. <laughs> I love how we're so opposite in this. I don't know. I, I fucking hated the dude for a while as a player. I don't know him as a person, but I fucking like, hated that he was on this team. I was apparently super on the I I super on board early. All right. On August 23rd of last year, I wrote, Nick Ritchie just tripped Anders Bjork, just trying any way he can to commit a penalty. Not anymore. Scoring machine. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. uh, (laughs) On the same day, I roasted him for uh, going after freshman girls. I just wrote Nick Ritchie the second he came to Boston. And then I posted the, I'm going to create an environment that is so toxic. (laughs) (laughs) sorry uh uh, on august 31st of 2020 i wrote regardless of the outcome at least we don't have to see nick ritchie's big dumb face we're ruthless (laughs) hopefully he doesn't search his name that's why he's on a revenge tour (laughs) should i go now yes uh august 23rd i think we both tweeted the same date the fact that i have to watch nick ritchie play hockey tonight is disappointing short and to the point i believe we uh two spider-men memed under that one probably uh and then uh this year i had on january 16th of 2021 nick ritchie with a hell of a pass to andreas janssen 
who is he not a Bruin. For the Bruins. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are my only mean ones. Because uh, now I'm seeing all the nice ones. Like I actually just tweeted a week ago, Nick Ritchie for seventh player award. So I changed my tune. There's a pretty stark change on January 18th of this year for me where I wrote, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Nick Ritchie getting a shot on net from above the dot to center mass with no chance of a rebound is not quote unquote, actually playing pretty good hockey. And then uh, probably about 20 minutes later, I wrote Nick Ritchie one timing that studs past far side is good hockey. And then I haven't had a mean one since. <laughs> Wait, total Spider-Man moment. You said that was January 18th. Yes. Okay, on that day, I said Nick Ritchie is dot, 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 playing good hockey with question marks. <laughs> oh, no, never mind. I love this for us. I think that's all I have, though. Yep. I Yeah, I think I wrote on the 23rd. It's going to be funny if Ritchie is actually the answer on the second line. Um, oh, yeah, and, and I posted the, um, the Michael Jordan meme and put Nick Ritchie's head on it, and the, I took that personally, and that was definitely my best work. So. Nice. I apologize, Nick. All right, Nick. That's I have, oh, go I for it, Drew. I was just gonna say I have. Uh, I, I I took the time to look into my John Moore tweets, and they're a little darker <laughs> than my Nick Richards. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, this is the like John Moore hated crime. <laughs> okay, that's not a bad when I said darker. I don't mean like dark. I just mean like it, I was more vocal about my disagreement with their the the level of hockey they play. I don't know how to put that. Anyway, I had a tweet on July 30th and it goes, Hey, Hey, John Moore. I don't like your defense. No way. No way. Give your job to Clifton. So, uh, <laughs> it got three likes, <laughs> three likes, baby, three likes and a retweet from Bruise and Bruins account, which I did myself. So, <laughs> But see, no one probably sang it like that in their head, so they needed to hear you singing. Well, well, you I put I put the musical notes, and then I put the gif of "Hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your girlfriend." No, I don't. Okay, so you tried. Oh yeah, there's really no excuse. <laughs> there was an attempt. Don't worry, I spent uh, probably upwards of forty five minutes photoshopping Craig Smith into the background of uh, Tom Cruise and Anthony Edwards high fiving from top gun and like five people liked it so <laughs> i liked it um what's next I also, yeah <laughs> yeah i think everyone who liked it is here <laughs> including one from the podcast hey, cheers account. cheers yeah uh what's next uh i mean a little more serious i guess uh much more serious um we had the tony d'angelo bullshit uh <laughs> We should probably chat about that a little bit. First of all, uh, it's Black History Month. Um, happy Black History Month to all of our Black listeners um, and to all of our non-Black listeners. Please support Black businesses. Uh, I know the Boston Pride is doing a lot of... Uh, they're going to do retweeting of uh, a lot of different Black businesses this month. And uh, Black Girl Hockey Club, always donate to them. Um, been doing stuff with... Uh, <laughs> They've been um, tweeting out like, here, put your Venmo and cash app down here. And um, so if you see them do that, go in there and send some people some money. Um, yeah, that's what I got before we start to trash the absolute piece of human trash that is Tony D'Angelo. <clears throat> um, yeah. Can I just start off by saying the other shoes dropped and it is it is finally time to stop the count on known racist, homophobe, uh, COVID denier, and election conspiracy theorist, and all-around shitbag human being, Tony D'Angelo's career. And uh, it feels good. It feels like hockey got a little bit better this week. Just a little bit better. One maybe maybe not for the, the right reasons, but a little better. <laughs> One small yeah. punch in the face for man. <laughs> One, One small punch in the face for man. <laughs> One giant waiver claim for all mankind. <laughs> Did anyone claim him? I hope no, not. he cleared. Good. Yeah, God. he he got claimed by uh, the dumpster heap in like the middle of uh, Arizona or whatever. He, he got claimed Jersey, by the dumpster so. at Olive Garden. Tony <laughs> <laughs> D'Angelo. Someone was well, a bunch of people. 
were making jokes. Uh, like they tweeted, I think it was Elliot Friedman who said Tony D'Angelo clears waivers, and everyone was like, "About time he clears something." Yeah. <laughs> First thing um, he's cleared all year. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck that guy. I mean, yeah. Uh, to like take a little bit more of a serious note on this, um, I was having this conversation with with you guys, um, Chris and Drew at least, and um and with some other people as well but you can go into a lot of the details of what actually led to him getting yeeted out of the nhl like to think it was him being racist probably wasn't that it was probably just something else that his teammate punched him in the face for and that is when the NH- or when the, the rangers rather decided to to step in um, even if it was him being racist it took him being also bad at hockey for him to get kicked out of the nhl yeah, which yeah. is another huge issue just not to like turn this into a blame game, but let's not let's not praise the Rangers for doing anything here because they were the, the same people who decided to employ him, um, you know, as well as Tampa Bay and um, and also Arizona for some time. This is good. Obviously, it's a good thing to see him out of this league. He has no place in it. Nobody who is pretty openly racist has a place in in any professional sport, and. At the same time, this is not, you know, this this should have happened a very long time ago. The fact that it took this long, I think, says a lot about a lot of things that we've discussed on this podcast about hockey culture. I've had a lot of people ask me through text messages, through Twitter, like, why is this just happening now? And, and the, the simple answer is the same reason we've talked about before is because hockey is run by conservative, well-off white men who aren't targeted by this and are always taught it's okay to turn the other cheek and just watch it happen. And because it doesn't hurt them personally. And so, you know, we have this culture where these sorts of things go on. You know, and I had somebody reach out to me and say, well, he hasn't had any reported incidents since 2014. And aside from that, obviously not being the point because <laughs> and, also not being true. <laughs> and also not being true. But, uh, you know, besides, you know, that's not the standard we're going for. It's like, you know, pre 2014 racism still counts here, but you know, just because you haven't heard anything since then, even though we have, but just <laughs> theoretically, if we hadn't, that that's not a, an indicator that he's not a racist person anymore, that he hasn't, that he's grown out of it. It's just, I think, a much stronger indicator of hockey culture and things are going on there and nobody's saying anything. And now that things are being said, I bet you we see more come out, um, like we did with the three Rangers people who are the personnel who said that they had concerns about his treatment of Keandre Miller. I know there's been conflicting reports out since then um i think a lot of people are going to say things save face that's how it goes but that's the point is that just because you're not hearing it doesn't mean it's not happening and i think a lot of that has to do with a lot of things we've discussed on here with the status quo of hockey culture so the couple people who have been saying things like that i think are just completely misguided um and while again missing the point about it doesn't you know he was still 19 18 years old when he was in juniors he was a fully grown adult N- you're old enough that you should know these things are not acceptable and i think more importantly has made no attempt to change or make any apologies yeah. or has shown has, has shown no anti-racist uh, <laughs> like especially has shown no anti-racist uh, yeah inklings even so i think anyone who is familiar with him as a person is not surprised that this happened and that says all i need to know about what's been going on the last couple of years regardless of what we've heard the guy deleted his twitter in solidarity in solidarity with trump deleting his twitter that tells you all you need to know <laughs> that's loyalty right there <laughs> yeah Kaylee's really lucky she got to be on for the roasting donald trump episode and now she's on for the roasting tony <laughs> d'angelo episode Perfect pretty much just a rerun it. yeah just run it back <laughs> most of the same things apply here but isn't it sad that we have to keep talking about these things yeah i think that's uh yeah. i mean that's a huge part of the point and i, I mean it's I, when you have all these reports coming out and like it's it sucks that it's mostly people of color in the media coming out and saying stuff about it because if you're white in hockey it doesn't affect you like you said cam it's um it's got to be incumbent upon us to come out and and say shit about this and i mean obviously we're not directly in hockey so we're doing what we can here and we're having this conversation but needs to be on the white people in the media to ask the right questions to if they have heard about these things maybe investigate further or say some shit about it because 
I mean, it is, it is insular and it can, you can get frozen out from uh, covering things if, if you speak out about things like this, but I mean, if it happens enough, uh, if it happens ever, it should be talked about. And uh, I mean, that's, someone has to, has to dive in and it can't keep being black people and people of color. I did read something. (laughs) Yeah, I did read something actually where it said a lot of the media personnel who surrounded the Rangers said they weren't surprised about this. They basically said it was going to boil over at any moment. So that means everyone was aware that something was going down. Something wasn't right. So like you said, we can't applaud the Rangers for this. Like they actually let it let it get to a physical altercation mixed with bad play to actually put him on waivers. Like the NHL always takes one step forward and 10 steps back. Like, yeah, you put end racism on decals and the jumbotron. Did it work? Yeah. Is racism (laughs) gone? Because no, but Tony is still in the league. You allowed him to keep tweeting and then Tony deletes his Twitter and now he's on waivers. Like it's a, it's a slippery slope and it's, it has to be stopped immediately. There has to be zero tolerance. And until that happens, hockey will not be for everyone. Hockey will never grow further. People of color will not be comfortable playing the sport of hockey. And we're in 2021. And it's sad to say, but the NHL is light years behind. They're just now retiring Willie O'Ree's number, which should have happened ages ago, in my opinion, not even mm-hmm. just from a Bruins fan standpoint, literally almost every hockey fan can agree. And I don't know if you guys ever read that article, um, Hockey is Not for Everyone by Akeem Alou. And I love his quote in it. He says, for every one openly racist, there's 10,000 silent ones. And I think that's so true. And I think that embodies the NHL a lot. Yeah, I think uh, something I saw surrounding it was like in a, a Twitter reply to like one of the main sources, you know, with an article on it was like, something about cancer uh cancel culture and i'm like dude like yeah if someone's fucking blatantly racist or homophobic or sexist or what the fuck ever they're or they especially all job, those things if they, yeah. or all those things if they fucking lose their job then yeah sure i'm a huge fan of cancel culture quote unquote like fuck yeah it's called like, being you... held accountable that's yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's not that's that's just the, like... the conservative buzzword cancel culture for think, being held accountable for your like... actions <laughs> When, when stuff like this just like it gets like politicized in a way and it's like look i'll debate you on the economy or if you disagree on gun control and stuff like that we can have a conversation about it and maybe we'll agree to disagree or whatever but this is not something that is even political this is culture and it needs to fucking stop and this is not something you debate when it comes to racism homophobia sexism um and yeah i don't know it's just it it's really shitty to see people have that kind of view on it where it's like, Oh, but like, why are you taking away his job? It's like, because he's a fucking asshole. Like, yeah, you can do that because when someone's a fucking asshole and making like the league and the sport of hockey, just a horrible place for other people. Like if you were at work making your office or whatever, ever the fuck you work a horrible place for people. Yeah. You should get fired. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's again, it's, it's the difference between an opinion and, an opinion that discriminates against other people. My point is that like racism is not an opinion. It's it's a, like a sickness, you know what I mean? And his right to be racist is not more valued or shouldn't be more valued at least than a non-white person's right to not only feel comfortable but just like be involved in the league and you can't expect non-white people to be involved in a league where there are people like Tony D'Angelo being employed. I, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not going to speak for Keandre Miller cause he can do that himself. But in, if I were in his shoes, I would not feel comfortable walking into a locker room with Tony D'Angelo. And that's not a, or, a, you know, being soft feelings hurt kind of thing. It's that this dude is openly racist because of my, like in, not, not my personality, but just my, my physical being like something that I have no control over. And that is really irrelevant. Tony D'Angelo's right to to have that opinion does not outweigh another person's right to exist in a space. Yeah, 
I think people like get like hung up on like, oh, it's freedom of speech. It's like, yes, but I, I don't want to go too, too far down the hole and talk about it as like a lawful thing. But it's like freedom of that's speech the government. Mean, it doesn't mean freedom it just of means, speech it without just repercussions. Mean, yeah, it's just like the the government like can't just prosecute you because you, you said something like it doesn't mean that, oh, the NHL can't like bar you from playing or the New York Rangers can't fire you or anywhere. Like if I went over to fucking Chris's house and said something racist, he could put my ass on a flight back to Boston tomorrow or right then and there. You know, he doesn't need oh, to hope you wouldn't do. <laughs> oh, I definitely wouldn't. But I'm just saying hypothetically, if I did, <laughs> Jesus Christ, no, I would not. But uh yeah, I just yeah, all right, I'm going to. I could go on a huge tangent right now, but I'm... yeah. Uh, so <laughs> shifting, shifting to uh, NWHL action, uh, Boston Pride. Anyone check in on that? They were up three to one last I checked. Oh, uh, they were up three nothing last time I checked. So you are ahead of me, sir. We're gonna have to I'll check, check right, right now. They won. They won. Okay. All right. Cool. That that oh, game turned. Holy shit! Did they win? <laughs> considering it's seven to one with 30 seconds left right now for oh me. okay uh yeah, yeah good stuff uh, uh so fight or back <laughs> that'd be that'd be two six goal wins in a row yeah uh the, that game turned out to be meaningless because the uh was it the white caps or was it the whale that jumped it was the whale right they the whale. they they dropped out um yeah. so we're down to four teams and i guess the playoffs start soon yeah, so the the next game will count. Uh, I, I don't even know if this game counted for seeding. Did did this put the pride I ahead of the Buttes? Yeah, it should considering they uh, just outscored them by twelve goals in the last two games. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean that's that's huge because that that gives them. Uh, uh, I'm guessing the Whitecaps finished first. I didn't pay too much attention to the other games other than the Pride, but think that that white the white caps finished in first and that would make them the one seed so um yeah that'd be the toronto six would be the the two seed and the pride would play the six toronto boston baby in the playoffs well, this, nothing, nothing, bad is, nothing bad has <laughs> never happened to toronto playing against boston no. in the playoffs no um, the you know the gif with like the dog and all the fire they're like this is fine. the gif yeah, I know the gif. Of that. Oh, gif, yes, yes. I say both. I don't care. I do you just, say I alternate? Do you say that people are online or in line? Online. Wait, what? Oh my wait, 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 wait. No, no, no see, this wait, is like this wait, is in New wait, York. Wait, wait, this is in New York, New England. I thought that was a New Jersey. New York, New England. It's not a New York, New England thing because I'm from New York. That's, that's are, you, are you talking about like I'm standing? Wait, standing in a line, not like online with the internet. That's just New York, right? Oh, Winnie, did you mean the standing in line? No, not... stand waiting in line. You were no, in, stand line. in line. Okay. Yeah, thank God. Line. I was like, that's a New Jersey thing. Dude, that's like, a, it's point? not a New York thing. That's a New Jersey thing. Yeah, no, dude, I know people from context. New York who say it too. They probably just say they're from New York and they're from New Jersey. True, I did not give you the exact. Yeah, okay, okay. True. I call them. I call them online skates. Online skates. Yeah. So. I pronounce it GIF because the the G stands for graphics, and yeah. but the the creator of the GIF calls it a GIF. So well, <laughs> that's right. Wrong. Just because he so, created doesn't mean he's an expert in how things should be said. <laughs> either way, um, yeah, I don't know. So that's cool. We'll we'll be paying attention to that when the when the pride go ahead and play that game i honestly don't know when that is because it's been it's been really tough hey, to keep track of the schedule like I they've announced it they, even because they just played uh, they just played three games in a row like back to back to back which is wild so i don't know they're doing the thing it sucks that teams are dropping out um hoping that doesn't continue because they're going to be on tv on nbc sports network um with John Forslund and AJ, AJ Malesko on the call. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. We saw the, we saw the big stream numbers. That's awesome. It was like yeah. 1.37 million or something like that, or 1.7 million. I don't remember, but it was 1.37. I remembered because Bergeron. It's, oh yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, it's just showing everyone that there is absolutely a market for this and how stupid it is to deny that. Um, yeah. And I hope you're listening, Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, fuck that guy. 
<clears throat> He's got nothing else to do. I just have a feeling yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think you know, the Boston Pride saw the, the Nick Ritchie revenge tour coming on, and they decided that you know like, give him a little give him a little uh, company in the revenge tour action. A little later than than we maybe had expected, but um, better late better late than never here for sure. They've got it back. Yeah. Anything to add, anybody? Is it cupcake time? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we get to it? Let's let's get down to business. All right. So, uh, do you want to intro this? Because you, I think you know more about what this is about than me. Yeah. So we got challenged to the cupcake challenge by uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie, uh, specifically their guest. Uh, I forget her name. Oh wait, it's Cat Silverman. Um, and <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna eat some cupcakes in one bite, <laughs> but in true Bruise and Bruins fashion, uh, I followed the rules. I got a cupcake. Cam got something similar to a cupcake and got a muffin. And Drew, I don't know what <laughs> Drew's doing. Do we have to do it at the same time, or we do it separately? I think so, yeah. It's got to be at the same time, for sure. It's going to be a full stuffing. It's gonna, All right. Well, Kaylee's, then I'll introduce, I'll introduce, I'll I'm introduce ready. what we have. Um, so I got Lucy's gluten-free chocolate chip cookies. So I'm going to eat. That's not all, <laughs> folks. If you're watching on video, this could get interesting. So three of these come in a pack. So I got three. Roughly the size of the, uh, like, you know, like the bread part of a cupcake. Well then, folks, for the frosting, what am I going to do? I got some whipped cream. (laughs) (laughs) Whipped cream. It'll be the frosting for our little... And we'll get the uh, sound effect for those at home. (laughs) I'm so mad that I forgot we were doing this and just housed my dinner before we... uh, I ate so much before. I don't think I can do this. (laughs) You don't think you can do that? Come on. Dude, it's harder than a cup. Bro, do you see the size of this muffin? This yeah, okay. Yeah, Cam with the muffin is like definitely not gonna oh, I'm I'm not ready. I'm so nervous. All right. Three. Wait, two. can I propose a toast to uh <laughs> I just wanna get it over with? Cheers. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> You can do it. No, you didn't do it. Wow, we all suck. Wipe that mustache, Chris. This is a really good muffin, man. Lemon poppy, <laughs> all the way. I'm actually really jealous of the lemon poppy muffin. That was so much, so much frosting. Um, it's like Kobe. I like whipped cream. Wait, what are you saying? <laughs> all right, that was interesting. Who are we challenging next? <laughs> I think Kaylee. Kaylee might have an idea, but he's no way. He's I think we're challenging Kaylee next. To what? The cupcake job. Oh, so what? I need to like upload a video. Yeah, I think so. Maybe just Bruins diehards in general. We should. Mm-hmm. I think that's the move. Oh, that's a good one. Because the whole network got challenged. So I think Bruins diehards. The bib is I'm off. down. I'm down just because I want to buy a lemon poppy seed muffin now. Oh, so good. I'm telling you, so good. <laughs> That was a really, really dense cupcake. <laughs> You're telling me, man. <laughs> there was there was no way. I struggled to eat that in two bites. I don't think that uh, challenge was meant for things that are crunchy, because I think I definitely was about to die if I didn't <laughs> spit out half of what was in my mouth. <laughs> oh, so we all suck. Well done. Yep. What's new? <laughs> we don't have the natural talent that the uh, the Yotes podcast had. I bet so. Nick Ritchie could do it. Oh man! Yeah, but Nick Ritchie. Could uh, yeah, do you anything. see the size of that man's <laughs> face? He just he could fit six pop pop muffins in there. Nick Ritchie's a fifty goal scorer in um, any day. <laughs> like fifty goals in his career score, maybe, but <laughs> yeah, fifty goals in thirty nine games. Let's do it. Nick I feel Ritchie. terrible now. I feel like I'm just trying to find a way to end this podcast right now. Thank you, Kaylee. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun as always. Hey, uh, Kaylee, Pasa La Vista. (laughs) 
And again, Nick Ritchie, Lo Siento. My apologies. <laughs> our, our Lord and Savior. All right. Episode 17 <laughs> of season two of the Brews and Bruins podcast, sponsored by Kaylee Allard, is in the books. Yeah, oh, the smolder line. Shouts to the smolder line. Shouts the smolder line. <laughs> I'm unwell. Oh. <laughs> Friday content is just us complaining about shoving cupcakes in our mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. All right. See Later, you. Kaylee. Thanks for coming.